This is Grindhouse Courthouse, After Hours. Okay, with the trial concluded, we will move on into our post-trial reflections about the movie in general and our discussions related to it. So we all watched this movie, and we all had some predictions on what we think would happen, we thought would happen in the movie. So I thought we would be fun if we just go through all of those and see how true it actually ended up being. Tom... What was your pre-trial prediction or pre-movie prediction about what would happen here? I don't remember because everything that happened after just wiped it from my brain. It was <laughs> it was dumber than I had thought. Do we even have the predictions written down? I have them written down here. And essentially, Tom, you said that Russell Crowe would be the good guy and everyone deserves what they have coming. <laughs> Which... <laughs> <laughs> I don't... Which... Uh... Which was not the case. Which was Adam's Adam's defense, defense, I believe. Which is my defense, yeah. So Tom and I should have actually switched roles (laughs) for this. I think think Adam watched the movie before, so he was spot on with his his prediction. No, I did my my prediction like 15 minutes into the movie. So my prediction was we find out that Russell Crowe's wife cheated, he gets revenge, then becomes uh, psychotic and goes on a killing spree. I also said that Russell... Wait, so he was psychotic after he killed his wife, not before. Yeah, becomes more psychotic, because I think we saw a hint of, like, there's pills in his car, and that's when I uh, provided my prediction. Like, I know we're not doing the the offense-defense thing anymore, (laughs) but god damn it! (laughs) (laughs) No, it still continues. But then I also said that, like, Russell Crowe is highly relatable to start with, and then let's just see how that (laughs) continues. So his anger escalates to a degree that I don't think is relatable, you know? killing jimmy and uh uh, getting a knife or scissors through his eyes so i think he takes it just one step too far do you think this is the screenwriter's like fantasy for like all the road rage he has yeah yes but which side which side is he the road rager or he is the The road rager he's always the villain he, in every script that he writes, he's always the villain because every single movie that he does is basically just variations on this theme. Yeah. What if you moved in next door to somebody and he hated you and made your life a living hell? Yeah. Like that's that's essentially the crux of everything is like people are fucking crazy and you can't trust them, which is exactly what we need in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> More paranoia. What were some other predictions? Dave, Dave was purely sexual. Russell Crowe. <laughs> oh, yeah. He got off on it. I That was... Well, that didn't happen, but they didn't specifically show him coming in his pants. So it could have been as the viewer is left to imagine it. Could have been. Maybe that's why it was sitting down the whole time. Yeah. You also mentioned that all the murders are going to be traffic related. So I was hoping with like if someone went through a stop sign, Russell Crowe would just like diverge from his plan of like attacking Rachel and just go after them <laughs> instantly. So anytime he sees like a traffic violation, he just like focuses on that person. That would have been actually a more interesting movie. How many people could Russell Crowe have killed due to traffic violations? And it's just like him cleaning up the town due to people not respecting the law. Just him being like the Punisher, but the law. I don't watch that. <laughs> so he's judge jury. <laughs> I am the law. I am the law. <laughs> or sorry, Matthew's Matthew's prediction is good. My my prediction was I thought this would be the spiritual or and actual successor to Gladiator. Because there is like there is like somewhere out there a script for a sequel, The Gladiator, where he's like time traveling and exacting his revenge on other people. So I think this is like he's actually just Maximus in this. And instead of taking it out on the emperor of Rome, he's taking it out on this this poor like single mom that's like having a bad day. <laughs> uh, you live long enough as a hero or wait, how does that expression go? 
live long enough to become the villain. What is the expression? Live long enough Either to Either die a hero die or live a hero. long enough to see yourself. Yeah, die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And that's exactly <laughs> what happened. Gladiator 2. Certainly with Russell Crowe's career. Remember when he was the hero of movies and not the fucking weird, deranged, sit-down actor psychopath? I really uh, hope he turns yeah, this well. around. Who else is a sit-down actor right now? The judo guy. Why well, can't think of his name? Steven Seagal. Oh yeah, <laughs> Steven. His like latest movies has been all sit down. Like he doesn't do anything now. Yep. Yeah, he gets tired. That's that's where I first was introduced to the concept of sit down acting. You know, he's uh, he's a sit down actor. He doesn't stand up to do his scenes. Well, he was for all of his other scenes, he was barely a stand up actor. And either. the one scene he moves, he has to be carried. Oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> okay, it's <laughs> a bad movie. Yeah, this movie wasn't good. <laughs> I have, a, I have notes on how we can fix this. I actually went through a huge thought process of what this movie would need in order for it to be a good movie. Do you want to hear my my idea of Unhinged, the alternate uh, version? Sure. <laughs> no, I would like to talk. I think that... Okay, yeah. Okay. So at the very end, third scene, where or like the third act, where Russell Crowe is driving through the suburbs trying to find Rachel, rather than the mother and her son getting revenge... We have Rachel just sitting and waiting outside the house. She's just sitting on the curb waiting for Russell Crowe. When he approaches, she just apologizes. She admits that she was having a bad day as well, and things just keep getting worse and worse for her. And Russell Crowe can relate, so he starts feeling remorse, and he basically feels bad for everything that he's done to her up to this point. So they find some common ground, and Russell Crowe decides to just turn himself in. So uh, they have to do a drive to the station, even though there's no police in this movie, but that would that would pay some type of respect of where the police are for this. Uh, they go to uh, the jail. You see Rachel always uh, going in, visiting him on the weekends, finding out that he's doing some type of like group ther- therapy to reduce his road rage. And then we have like five years later. So it just like cuts the black. But we have five stabbed, years. What's his name in the back of the neck? How are you getting away from yeah, that? He, well, apparently... It was self-defense. <laughs> That's what so. we established. So five right, years and maybe some like volunteer service, uh, roadside cleanup. Russell Crowe is free. We find he's volunteering at clinics uh, and he's trying to help other people that have been suffering from road rage and other anger issues. So he's actually trying to help rebuild society into something better. But... That's not just the end because like, actually that's what we'll end. We'll get the credits of just like Russell Crowe smiling. Then we have the end credits. So we're pulling like a Marvel, Marvel thing where everybody waits until the very end of all the credits rolling down. We have Russell Crowe shaved head, guts gone. He's dressed in robes. He's got the beads. He's sitting in a mountain. He's surrounded by monks and his eyes are closed. He's performing a mantra. He's meditating. The camera's zooming into his face. It turns into a Jedi. No, no, no. We have Russell Crowe open his eyes and just say, that bitch, it was her fault. And it cuts to black. And then we get a new title sequence of unhinge, colon, revenge. And then you get like death metal playing, chainsaws going in the background. And then just starts up again. We get a psychotic Russell Crowe for a sequel. And it's going to be beautiful because he's fit. He's going to be chasing people. He's going to be jumping over fences. This is this is what we want. So I can't wait for Unhinged 2 to come out next year. Sorry, you said you said fix this movie oh, yeah. not create a cinematic universe <laughs> no that's that's what the people want tom they want to be engulfed in so many movies and seeing how they connect together that you have to spend 10 years watching all of them that's what i want i, I want another one I, I maybe not even just like traffic violations i want 
Maybe Red Eye connects to this somehow, you know, where they're in the plane and she's trying to run away from the killer. That'd be great. Love to see that. Fixed. No. <laughs> I, if I ever see another movie written by this guy again, it'll be too soon. I, I don't think that he exactly understands how to make sort of a complete fulfilling movie. The core idea of, okay, there there is some lunatic out there and because you drive like a maniac, he's upset and you won't apologize so he kills your entire family. Sure, okay, there's there's something there with that idea. It's it's attractive in at least some way, but if you really want to bring this movie home, I think that you actually need an arc for the character yeah. where the things that she goes through changes her. She learns, she changes for the better. All she does is like kill a guy in her mom's house. That's essentially that's the entire film. And then the police let her go. Yeah. Right. We have um, we have more interest to, in to, Russell Crowe's character than anybody else in oh, this yeah. film, just because we want to see what he's capable of or what he's going to do next, which doesn't, again, exactly. make it a good movie. Maybe maybe the writer is just trying to, like, push out all these one day thrillers just to see if one would stick or maybe he's just going to keep getting better and better. I don't know. What the rating for Isn't this? he like 84 years old? I don't think he's going to get any <laughs> Actually, better. no. I think he's done. Yeah, his next movie, I think that he's writing for is Gremlins 3. So oh, goodness. <laughs> let's he's see how that one ready. goes off. The dude's yeah. like, like 80 years old, isn't he? Yeah, yeah you can still, <laughs> you can be a writer when you're that old. You can <laughs> keep having hobbies. You don't just no. like do nothing when you once hit you hit 55. 55. You move into a retirement home. And then when you hit 70, they execute you. That's what would happen in my perfect society. Yeah. Okay, have you ever read question. The Giver? Jeez. Um, okay. So I have an idea to make this movie uh, better without setting it in Kathmandu or something. What the hell was that idea? Anyway. Um, first thing, don't show him murdering people in the first scene. Make it a little ambiguous about how far he's willing to go to build just the tiniest bit of suspense. Second thing. You do not need to make it a one-day thriller. It can just be a thriller, nor does it have to be involve car chase scenes at all. Because that's what got this whole thing into a huge problem is because he needs to be driving and texting and researching and tracking and doing all this crazy shit. But he's a fat, like, middle-aged guy who had a flip phone. How does he know how to do all this? He doesn't know how to do all this. So all he had to do was basically say, okay, he found her address or he followed her to her address and then terrorizes her at home and does all the shit he does. None of the crazy driving, none of the crazy tracking, none of the convoluted plot. And it still gets, you know, Russell Crowe to being a psychopath, whatever. And then you're still going to have to explain away the cops, but at least it won't be... As far as we could tell, she had constant access to a phone, which is always a problem in most horror movies is like usually however stupidly they do it, they explain away access to the phone. Her problem was definitely not access to a phone. It was she wouldn't get off the phone with Russell Crowe. Like she was on the phone so much with him. It was honestly like, oh, she just doesn't have time to call the police. She's so busy chatting with Russell. <laughs> like, and then <laughs> so, so base it in a house, have him. You know, cut the power lines, fuck up the cell yeah. service, whatever, break, just break a phone and then just base it on reality. Like he broke her cell phone. No one today has a landline yeah. there done. And then and then she has to lay booby traps <laughs> around the house just in case he comes in. And uh, well, we're not doing a sequel to the chud here. <laughs> 
Maybe we should be. Yeah, and uh, also cut the kid out. Uh, well, certainly. I, I mean, I think we all know how I feel about child actors in general. Yeah. Love them. But uh, I, I think that the main reason why this movie fails is there's no tolerant revenge in it. There's just revenge. Yeah. And it's not tolerant. You know, you, you have to have a good reason for it to work in films when people are, like, luring them to locations and killing them. Anyway, that's why Fist of Legends is the best movie ever made. Yeah. Well, the guy, the guy who his ex-wife left him for, he's a proud boy, so... It was totally justified. <laughs> oh, well, so it's, it's, it's justified. Yeah, so justified. Look at that. We fix it. But we don't learn anything really about Russell Crowe throughout the entire movie either. Yeah. We, we just learned that he's a fucking psycho. <laughs> what was the lesson? The lesson was at the end, don't honk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't honk <laughs> angrily. That's being cursed. Yeah, about. not even don't honk. Yeah. It's like, if you're going to honk, do it politely. Some guy <laughs> flew through the intersection running a red light, and she's like... <gasps> No, I learned yeah. my lesson. And then it like takes out a school bus, like just. <laughs> but like even at that moment too, the son's like, oh, good call, mom. It's like, isn't this too soon? You just left a place that you murdered a man you that was chasing you all day. <laughs> I almost died himself too. Yeah. Oh yeah. That kid got like, strangled. The, the kid was getting strangled. Yeah. <laughs> People don't behave like human beings in this movie. And that's a problem. Yeah. There's a lot of. I don't, I don't know how to describe it. It's just like... It's just the mom's fucking plan. The plan at grandma's house. Imagine, like, if they actually added some dialogue to when she comes crawling into the hiding spot. Honey, uh, the Fortnite plan totally fucking didn't work. He's gonna... <laughs> and then she gets dragged out the dark. Like, of course the Fortnite plan didn't work. It was about a go-kart and his buddy. And she never even asked him if the Fortnite plan ever worked. Like, he could have probably been like, yeah, no. actually, no, it's never worked. We get killed first every time. <laughs> I think every he would have brought time. up, like, Jurassic Park and how the Velociraptors attack. I think he would have just kept throwing up plans where one's always the bait and the other one has to attack from behind. But again, you should not listen to a 13-year-old kid when you have a murderer coming after you. They're not going to have the best plan or strategies towards this. They're 13. Home Alone 2 would uh, say otherwise. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, th you know what was a a good part of that plan? The one good part of that plan? Hiding. Like, that was yep. the only good part of the plan, and they fucked it up in the span of, I don't know, five minutes? He knocked yeah. over all the shit, giving away his position, and then the mom just walks into the hiding place when I'm like, why didn't you just both hide? Well, even, even before that, the mom could could have parked the car in the garage, closed the garage, gone into the house with her son, set the alarm, and then gone into the attic together. And it would have avoided everything. Right. But again, people do not behave logically in this film and they just act. It's it's a challenge. Like I can see why these things were set up and why the writer did them this way, because we need to have a conclusion. We need to have some type of action in these scenes. But yeah, it's just poorly executed. Sorry, I mean, this movie was flawless. Okay, can you cut that and put that in the middle of the <laughs> beginning uh, in your opening arguments? <laughs> Masterpiece. Really yeah, unhinged is a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is a decent idea there, but they never got it off the ground. Do you think? Again, to Dylan's point of like, don't make it a one day. Just set it up over like a week or an indeterminate amount of time. Yeah. In the same way that like, I have no idea how much distance they travel in this movie. Like, there's just set pieces that they bounce to, but there's no sense of like travel time or distance or anything else. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, you could have just had a very obsessed man over Rachel, right? Like he got his haircut done one day and just like fell in love with her and became obsessed. And he starts watching her from the side of the street, knowing where her kid goes, knowing that she has family in this area. And he knows everything about her life. And he's just been basically planning this uh, for a longer time. And then they could have had the event happen over a week or two weeks. And it's just him terrorizing this woman, knowing exactly everything about her. That would have probably made it a lot better. But I honestly feel that Unhinged was written probably on a weekend. Like they just hammered it out and they needed something to just release really quickly. I'm actually surprised that they released it in theaters too during the pandemic, but I also think they knew it wasn't going to do well. So they're just going to blame the pandemic for the numbers being so low rather than putting it on a streaming service. That might but actually like, that might actually worked in its favor because I looked up that it, there had been no other like major movies released in theaters in North America for like five months before it. So it might have actually yeah. done yeah. better just from the Proud Boys that wanted to go to a movie theater and watch something, a movie, and they didn't care what it was. Yeah, that's the market <laughs> they were shooting for with this fucking movie, for sure. <laughs> hey, do you not give a shit about um, Fellow Man? Uh, go watch Unhinged, starring Russell Crowe. He could happen to anyone. <laughs> uh, okay, so I think should we that, that basically wraps it up. Fuck this movie. Yeah. That concludes Grindhouse Courthouse <laughs> after dark. That was a Duke Nukem right there. <laughs> I'm Duke Nukem. I'm here to kick ass and chew bubblegum. And I'm all out of ass. <laughs> so I'm going to stop recording. What? <laughs> what? Oh, shit. What?